Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi everyone, welcome back. Another solo. I love these solos so much. And lately we've been using them as a way to just dive deeper into some of our listener questions that we get every week on Instagram. We put up a question box every Thursday and today we have a lot of great questions. Yes, but we always like to catch up a little bit before we dive into it. What's been going on with you? You had a really fun night last night. Yes. Last night was the highlight of like my year so far. It was, I mean, (laughs) it was so cool. I went to, well, at this point it was a few nights ago, but I went to Madison Square Garden to see my niece perform as the opening act for Dermot Kennedy. And I didn't even know who he was, (laughs) but he was really good. He's good. Once I looked him up, I was like, oh, I know some of these songs. But yeah, so she recently signed with Republic Records. She has a record deal. She's 18 years old. Crazy. I feel like she was just born. She's been singing since she was like three and she was amazing. She was incredible. I've seen her perform a lot, like in smaller places, like in New Paltz, where I'm from. But this was the best performance she's ever done. She seemed so calm. She just like calmly introduced herself and just seemed like she belonged on stage. She was so good. Oh my God. I'm so excited for her. I watched all the videos of you and your sister and brother-in-law posting and she's so good. I mean, her life, it's crazy. It's just a whirlwind of change. Yeah. It's insane. the next Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, I think she's she's going to be like, we were laughing, like my cousins and I who are sitting there watching it. I would say MSG was probably like 50% full at the point of her performing. Like it wasn't by any mm-hmm. means packed, but there were definitely a good amount of people there. But my one cousin did like a pan of the room because she's like, next time we're back here in a few years, like I would love to see like if it's like her performing, like what the crowd is like, because like there were like fans, yes. like we were in like the 100 level, but then like the floor level, there were just people like <laughs> screaming and they weren't people who knew her. They were just fans. Like we were talking to her after and people came up to her asking to take pictures. Like people like knew who she was like, she's wow. so her name is Layla Mock. <laughs> I'll link her in the show notes, but <laughs> she's so good. She writes all of her own music. It was only her and the piano. Oh, and she's like, I just can't believe even the fact that she can sing, but then the fact that she can sing and play the piano like that, like it was just incredible. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. She's so good. Definitely look her up. I feel like I have to download her songs. Yeah. So there's much more to come on that now that she has her record deal. I'm sure everybody will be able to listen to all of her music, but for now she does have a few songs released. So I'll link her here. The best way is to follow her on Instagram or TikTok. Oh my God. So exciting. I don't have anything to top that. I don't even know. (laughs) I already talked about my Miami trip, but I do have a new product. I haven't had a product recommendation that I talked about on here in so long. I mentioned when I went to my friend Olivia launched her Puma line. She gave us these big swag bags with all types of products that she loves in them. And I've been like starting to try them. So this one I'm obsessed with. What is it? Sorry, the suspense. <laughs> it's um yeah, on the edge of my seat. <laughs> it's the glow recipe. That's the brand glow recipe and they're watermelon dew drops. So I didn't use them at first because I wasn't like quite sure how like what they were. Typically, I use Sunday Riley. So I use the Sunday Riley Good Jeans Serum. And lately, I've been trying these dew drops on top of that. And when I tell you, they immediately make your skin look bright and dewy. And it honestly lasts all day. It is like the type of product you hope for, like after you do your skincare routine and you like hope your skin looks like dewy and bright and even and you just expect the best results. This product, I can't even tell. It's like the best product I've ever used. (laughs) Wait, I need to try it. Yeah. And at first I'm like, is this more of just like, is there anything actually in this product that's like good for your skin? Or is this just like a highlighting 
Yeah. More like a makeup, not because it's not makeup, it's a serum, but I wasn't sure if it was just like, I don't know, some product to make you look shinier or glowier, but it actually is really good for you. So it's a highlighting serum and they call it like a skincare makeup hybrid, but it doesn't have a tint or anything. And it's like really lightweight. It smells amazing. It smells like watermelon in a way of like, it reminds me of a product from childhood, but it has watermelon in it. So it has vitamins A and C and that like plumps up your skin and has amino acids. So it's like moisturizing and plumping and soothing. It's good for fine lines and wrinkles. Has a product that's a vitamin and antioxidant that helps like even your skin tone, reduces the appearance of dark spots or any hyperpigmentation, and it soothes you and brightens you, and supposed to like minimize the appearance of pores and just makes your skin look so good. And it truly does. Also has hyaluronic acid and something called moringa seed oil. So you can use it as just like how I use it in the morning. Even if I don't wear makeup, I just put on my Sunday Riley serum and then finish with this. But you can also use it as a primer before your makeup. And you could even use it after you apply your makeup. If you want just like to finish off your makeup routine with some product to make you look just like glowy and even better. But honestly, it really just like works immediately and it's supposed to even work more and more over time when you use it. So I highly recommend it. Wait, this is so interesting for so many reasons. First of all, I've just as you were talking, <laughs> I just looked it up because I had never heard of their dew drops before. And I looked them up and there's so many before and after pictures or there's a few before and after pictures that look amazing. Like one of them is before you use it and then immediately after kind of like the glow that it gives. And then the other one is mm -hmm. like after extended use. So I was thinking of that when you were saying that you didn't know if it was actually like good for your skin long-term. So I definitely want to try it. But the other thing yeah. is that I have one of their products in my cabinet and I've never used it before because I was like, oh, I don't, I've never heard of that brand. I was sent it and I was like, I've never heard of this. So then I haven't used it, but it's like glow recipe toner. It's in like yeah. a bigger bottle and it kind of looks like, like that fresh rose water toner, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's also watermelon and it has watermelon extract and cactus water and hyaluronic acid. And now I'm looking at that, like, cause I never really looked into it. Yeah. Uh, like you, I'm very attached to Sunday Riley, but now oh, I'm so yes. curious to try this. I know. And like, it was just sitting in my medicine cabinet and I'm like, I don't know, like, what is this product? And I tend to break out too. So I'm always a little hesitant to try something new, but I, yeah. it has not had one adverse reaction. I really, really love it. And my coworker actually uses the toner. So I think I really need to get on board with more glow, yeah, recipe, glow recipe products because they seem to be amazing. Wow. Okay. I'm definitely going to start using this toner. And then if I like it, I'm definitely going to Try those dew drops. Mm -hmm. Great rack. I think you'll love I love them. a good swag bag where you actually find a product that you like. Yeah. I have more products in there that I am yet to test. So I'll be back here with more recommendations. <laughs> One yeah. of them is a hair mask that Olivia swears by. So I will test it out. I feel like I really trust Olivia's recommendations because I think she tries so many things. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we can dive right into it. We have a lot of good questions to go through today. A lot of them are applicable, will be applicable to a lot of people because they're not they're not very specific. Like there's some broad ones mm -hmm. that I feel like are really helpful. Um, like even some of them, I was like, oh, that's like relatable for me right now. <laughs> so I'll read the first one. He texted first after the date. I responded, then he didn't answer. Do I text again or just leave it? I would just leave it. I want to know what the texts were. Like, I wish I had more information. I like know, if he too. texted first after the date <laughs> saying like, I had a good time. Thanks for coming out or something like that. And she was like, yeah, I had a good time too. Like, thanks for the drinks. 
I just feel like if you, did you ask him a question? Did you like invite more of a response? I also like, I hate when someone doesn't answer me because they didn't think that it like, that I gave them something to respond to. I just think you, any text is something to respond to in my opinion. So I could go either way on it, but I do think that it can't hurt if you want to see him again to put it out there if you haven't yet. Yeah. I don't know why I so confidently said I wouldn't. I think it totally (laughs) depends. Like in that situation where you just mentioned, like he came home, he texted that he had a great time. You responded like, me too. Thanks for the drinks. And there was nothing. I would text again because he told you he had a great time. And like, what are you going to lose if you just reach out? Like one date, there's nothing to lose. If I said something that like warranted a response in my last text, said something that did open up conversation or did ask a question and they kind of left me hanging. And now I feel a little like, okay, I thought we had a good banter and we thought we had a good date, but I got no response to something that I put out there and actually gave some substance to respond to, then I would leave it. So I think it totally depends on the The what has happened first. Yeah. I have a few thoughts because on one hand, I feel like there's honestly no reason for a guy to text a girl after a date unless he's interested in her. Like there's nothing like at least the girl could have the reason of saying thank you if the guy paid for her and she just like says it to be polite. I just don't think that in my experience, a guy would just randomly text you after a date if he didn't want to see you again. I feel like that's weird to me. So that makes me think there's again, that there's like no harm in reaching back out like either way. But then on the other hand, I do kind of agree, even though I didn't fall into this camp, like that most people, I would say like 90% of people that are on dating apps, like actively going out on dates are not only dating you. So like there is a chance that like he texted you after he was interested, but then he didn't answer because like he had a date with somebody else and was more interested in them or like he had a third date and then they define things or like what it was. But I don't know. It reminds me a lot of the conversation we had with Joe and Steve last week about like post date texts and if they want the girl to text after, like if the girl should text first or like what they think about that. Yeah. I do think that I wouldn't say like a text after a date from a guy like guarantees a second date, guarantees feelings for a lot of the reasons you just said. I do think, and maybe this is a little stereotypical, but I do think guys like to like keep all options open until they're ready to not. So I think say they are going on lots of dates with lots of girls and like does see a little bit of potential with each. I feel they would keep the uh, the doors open and like send a thank you text and maybe text you a week later if they're interested or like, but I do agree with you. Maybe there were other dates, other girls and they, you know, did the right thing of texting you because that's what they wanted in the moment. But yeah, a new day, a new, a new girl. <laughs> yeah. And not to base all everything on like one guy's opinion, but I will say that this is like a debate that Sean and I have had recently because maybe I don't want to speak for him, but he's of of the belief that it's like a little bit rude for a girl not to text after a date. He was bothered by the fact that I didn't text him. Thank you after the date. And I thought of that after our recording last week, because like, I, I felt like I said, thank you on the date. I also didn't have a chance to text him. Thank you because I just went, I mean, I guess I could have, but I went back to my, at the time I was staying in a hotel, hotel and fell asleep. And then in the morning, I woke up and I had a text from him from the night before saying he had a good time. So there like wasn't time. And then also I had said, thank you on the date. But he just kind of has the opinion that like, if a guy takes you out and pays for you, then like either way, even if you said thank you on the date or not, you should always text afterwards and say thank you. Yes. I, while you were talking and after talking to Joe on our episode last week, 
I really changed my or not like I was really subscribing to a like don't you don't have to go home and text a guy after a date saying thank you on the date suffices. But because that always didn't I didn't that never really sat with me like I don't know. That never really like felt right to me. I think when I was dating, I always would say thank you in a text when I got home. And then talking to Joe, he mentioned that on his first date with his now wife, Hannah, he offered to pay. And but so did she. She offered to pay. She like really pushed it. She said she would really appreciated it. But then she backed down and said, oh, oh my God, I appreciate that so much. This is so nice of you. And I understand if a guy like takes you on a date. He is initiating a plan. And I also am like more traditional where I do like when a guy takes me out on a date. But I think that we've gotten so jaded. And so like, that's just the expectation that someone is going to take you out and treat you to a stranger is going to take you out and like buy you drinks or buy you dinner and everything's on them. It's become so like, so just expected that now I feel we don't, no one gives yeah. the appreciation or the thank you after it. And when he told me that story of Hannah on his date, his first date, it like even just reminded me of ye- like years into a relationship with Dan that even when he, when we were still dating, but he would go out and he would treat us to hundreds of dollars of dinner or like all of these other things. And I also slipped into this like phase where it was just like kind of expected. And I realized it should never be that way. You should always be so appreciative and so thankful for when people do things to you. So I don't know. I do like, I do think you say thank you on a date. And if you're expressing gratitude, then it's not like mandatory you send a text. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with coming home and sending like a thank you text. I had a great time. People like to feel appreciated and like they did a good thing. Yeah, it's we... It's my number one rule that I have an issue with. The number one rule I have an issue with that I have heard people say is to not uh, Lindsay Metzler, who we had in the podcast. And we like love having her on and chatting with her and everything. And she's great. But the one that she has gotten, like, I think she's gotten the most backlash for or like the most attention and the most attention for is don't send a thank you text after the date. And I just like find it to be such a strange rule. I don't think I think it'd go either way. You could send one. I don't think it's awful if you don't send one, but I don't think it's like something that you like necessarily should not do. Like, I just find it to be so weird that you shouldn't say thank you. You should only thank them on the date and then wait for them to reach out to you. So kind of to connect the dots between this listener question and that, what my thought process in bringing that up was like, it just does make me curious about like what he said to you and then what you said back. Because if he says something to you and then you kind of just like responded and didn't like say much more to invite conversation, then like he might be thinking you're not that into it if all you did was respond to what he said. Like, I think that a lot of guys do want to see like a little bit of an inkling that you're interested in them besides just like, oh, she wrote back to my text kind of thing. So I don't think like the conversation ending with your text means like right. you should just move on. I think if you had a good time on the date that like doesn't happen, at least in my opinion, very often that I want to go on a second date. So if you feel that way after this date, then like definitely send another text, whatever, like no matter what your previous one said. Right. I agree. I think there's no, uh, there's no harm in following up. And especially if it's someone that you actually really liked and would like to see again, I th- it totally depends on the context. Like if I really put myself out there and said something and opened up conversation and there was no reply, but who knows, maybe they, I, I don't think anything would like their feelings yeah. in that point aren't going to change again if you like send another text. Because what are you assuming? Yeah. That they're not interested. So what are you going to find out again if you text them again that they're not interested? Yeah. 
I agree. Either you're not going out with them or like you might be, you know what I mean? Like if you don't write back or you don't ever send another text then you're never going out with them again. But if you do, then you might and you might not. Right. And kind of like similar to that one, just to throw another one in the mix before you read one. I'm dating someone one month, but they're bad at texting parentheses because of their job (laughs) thoughts on what I should do. So I figured we could answer this one too, since it's also texting related. I don't really believe in an excuse of they're bad at texting. I just think, (laughs) especially because like, what is their job? I don't know. I, I can't I can't think of one. Or you maybe they're a judge and their phone is locked up for the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry, I just was watching jury duty this week, so that's on my <laughs> mind. Yeah, I don't I really don't I want more information here too. What is the job? I think that is a silly excuse. I think if anyone wants to keep up with conversation, they will, but some people text a lot more than others. And some people are tied to their phone a lot more than others. So I think you kind of just, as you're dating and talking, you'll get to know each other's communication styles and maybe just say, I like to text throughout the day. It would initiate conversation and just say like, I really like to talk to whoever I'm dating like throughout the day and text. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you're one month in, that's a great time to set the expectation of what you kind of like for a texting style or communication style. I agree. I don't think, I think there are people who don't text that much in their day-to-day life. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily a bad texter. That just means that the relationships they have in their life with their friends or family members or whatever, they haven't been the kind of person who texts them a lot. But if they're dating somebody new and that person likes to text, then it's a very small thing to be able to text them back when they text you or like have some communication over text throughout the day. Again, with like an example from my own life, Sean didn't text at all. Like he was not the kind of person who really like texted his friends all day or like the way that like you and I would text or like me and Jordan or whatever. Like he just was not a big texter. And he even like said it early on and I was like, oh, well, I am. And then he started to text more. And because I like to text, he would text me more. And now he is a big not like a big texter, but now he is, he'll text me if we haven't talked throughout the day and we're not together. Like he'll text me to check in. And on the same, on the opposite end of it, he was like a really big phone person and I really wasn't. But now when we're not together, if I'm like not staying at his apartment or he's not staying at mine or we're like one of us traveling, we always talk on the phone at night. And like, we just, I just kind of like, I became a phone person because he's a phone person and he became a texting person because I'm a texting person. Like, I don't think that it's like, you either are or you're not. And it's cut and dry. Like yeah. if, kind of, if that's how they want to communicate, then they'll lean in and communicate with you. Yeah. I love that example. <laughs> <laughs> I Yes. If you like someone, I feel like you'll just start adapting your habits and your communication style to like find a middle ground because you want to talk to this person. And I think there's a difference between someone who like doesn't text all day. So maybe your partner's not keeping up with like the many texts and wanting to like carry on a conversation and text if they're just not used to doing that or don't like it or this could be solved with a phone call. I'm like busy at work. But there's also a difference of like blatantly ignoring a text. I think that's crazy. So I think that like warrants a, you know, if I text you, like the common courtesy is to like reply. Yeah. And then I think you will just start like learning each other's communication styles and adapt to them. Yeah. And if they do have a job where they're like a doctor who's in surgery all day or like a teacher who's like teaching all day and doesn't, can't have their phone on them or whatever it is, then I think you just have to kind of like, the more you get to know them and get to know their like day to day, you'll gather like when they'll be able to text you back or how long it's typical for them to text you back. But like these are, this is still a time when you're really getting to know each other a month in and maybe not spending as much time together as you might might be if you really do develop like a actual serious relationship. So like eventually it doesn't, eventually you're not going to need to text as much because you'll be spending more time together or like whatever it is. But now's the time to really like 
figure that out and like communicate the texting or communication style that you want to have. I agree. Great questions for these modern dating times. (laughs) (laughs) This girl asked about a boyfriend having girlfriends. Mm. Is that okay? When is it not? Okay. So, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Of course it's okay for a girl to have (laughs) boyfriends and a boy to have girlfriends. But I do, I don't think that I would be comfortable with my, my partner having a friend of their desired gender that they like regularly texted with, or they like hung out one-on-one with. I think there's probably like a 2% of the time where that might be okay. If it's like their childhood friend that they've been friends with since they were like two and like they mm-hmm. have always had their standing I don't know, like dinner or something like that. Like, right. But if this is like somebody who's like on their team at work and they just like text them casually, it's just like, I just don't, I don't want any part of that. Same. I have always run a bit jealous. <laughs> so I don't think that would fly by me, but I do also, it's just like, why do you have those friendships? And I think that goes either way, but I think, of course, yes, of course, you can have friends of your desired gender. And I do think that exactly like you said, there's like some cases of that, which are just so normal and common. And like, I don't know, I think as soon as there's attraction or one person has an attraction or if they've hooked up in the past or if some there was ever like gray area of this is a friendship or this is something more then no, I don't want I wouldn't feel comfortable with my partner having that type of relationship where they talk to this person consistently, hang out with them one-on-one. No, but there's so many other, of course, like you can have friends of your desired gender. I just think there's boundaries there. And I do think it comes back to kind of the intent and the feelings that both parties Mm. have. Because even if like, if Dan had a friend that was totally platonic and texted them, but I knew that that girl had feelings for him, I also like don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. It also depends if it's like a siloed friendship kind of thing like is it a friend that's in a group of friends and then they also will sometimes like text I don't know on the side like uh, uh, on a very like limited basis I don't know (laughs) but is it also or is it somebody who they don't have any friends in common it's like just them and they like are just like randomly chat like I'm friends with Dan and like maybe there would be an occasion where he would like text me and that's fine you know what I mean but like we would never just like go out and get it I mean when right. he was my client and I would take him to like a game or something and like he was married, like I feel like that it was fine. Like it wasn't like we were, you know what I mean? Like, so there are scenarios when yeah. that's, that was like a work thing and it was fine. But like, I don't know. There's like too many, I think there's too many things. There's too many variables. Lots of like, variables. Did they ha- have they had this friend for a while? Is it someone they had when you met and it was like an existing relationship or like, do they randomly make a new friend? Like at what point does it become weird to make the friend of the opposite sex? Like, I feel like that's part yeah. of it too. Somebody else asked if it was weird to date is it okay would you date somebody who like had a guy who had a girl roommate and that's like no yeah I don't know it's um, just like maybe I would if they weren't friends I don't know like I, I still, I'm not comfortable with like the close friendship of like I don't know Me neither and I I don't I also I don't have any like male friends that I like hang out with one-on-one so I'm not in this situation Dan has a lot of like female friends from work but not ones that he's hanging out with and like talking to regularly unless it's like in a big group setting. And 
Yeah, it's like very circumstantial and there's... That's a good distinction because when I would hang out with Dan, like on the small occasion of like going to a Rangers game together for work, like that was all it would be. It would be like the game we went to for work. It was never like we were also chatting over text or like making plans to hang out for no yeah, reason. Yeah, you'd be like going out to dinner or like meeting up to like, yeah. get a drink, or, like hanging out at someone's apartment to watch a movie. Like those are just not yeah. things that I think you do with a platonic friend because it also goes back to the question. I feel like this came up in another episode when we were maybe talking about this, but like, then why aren't you dating? Or maybe it was a podcast I'm listening to. Like if you have such a good friend who not like a childhood friend that you grew up with and you're basically siblings, but like someone else where you're both single and you're of each other's desired gender and you talk all the time and you hang out all the time, like why aren't you dating and why haven't either of you like ever wanted to date? I don't know. I just like don't really trust that because I feel like someone has feelings there. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a it's a tricky road to go down. But at the same time, I'm not I'm by no means am I saying that if I met somebody who I really liked, who, who really liked me and wanted to date me and I want to date them that I would like tell them they could no longer be friends with their any right. of their friends of the opposite sex. Like that's crazy to me. So I think that there are like, I think earlier, it's a 2% of the time, like, I think that's a very, that was probably an exaggeration. Like there are, of course, instances where they might have a friend of the opposite sex. It's just a matter of like, what does that friendship look like? Like, I think it does become inappropriate to be doing and texting them all the time, or they're like the first person they go to to ask for advice. Yeah. And I think it's just like, do the right thing. And I think say you do have a really close friend of the of your desired gender, and then you get in a relationship. I just think the natural thing is for that friendship to just become a little less and that person yeah. and like both parties, like the other person's like, oh, my like best guy friends in a relationship now. It's probably like a little disrespectful to hang out one-on-one or expect to hang out with him one-on-one all the time and expect like texting all the time. And I just think the relationships ebb and flow as you are with your person and growing a relationship with someone who you want to be with. Yeah. But the, the friendship like doesn't have to end, but it shouldn't come to a point where the person you're dating has to like ask you to end it. Like there should never be a, that's when something probably inappropriate or a little bit stepping out of boundaries is happening. If your partner has to even talk to you about it and be like, what's up with this friend that you have? Why are you texting her all the time? Or like, no, I don't feel comfortable with you going out with her. I think it just like you'd naturally just fall into the roles that you are meant to be in. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I'd love to know more context for this one and all of them. Like, please give us all the context. (laughs) DM us or send us an email. Okay. (laughs) When is the right time to introduce family to significant other? (laughs) (laughs) I think whenever you are ready. I think I, after, in my opinion, after you're officially dating, I don't, we've talked about this before. I don't see a need or reason or a want on either side to meet each other's families until you're in a relationship. But we also mentioned people carry a whole different weight on meeting family. So I think that's important to consider. I think you mentioned someone introduced you to their family before when you were not official and it didn't really mean that much to them. But Mm. if if you did that, it would be more significant to you because your family is super close and that's a more meaningful step. So I think that's a nuance. But when I was dating Dan, we probably met each other's families like when we were friends already first I had probably like met his parents in passing actually before that but at when we were officially dating and I went to like our official like meeting Mia brunch it was probably around five months in four months in four months in I'd say yeah yeah I don't know this is what we're gonna say I think it was like three to four months actually okay yeah this one is 
I don't know. It's like, I feel like this is such a hard one for me. I think I answered this question when they asked it and I'm like currently going through this. And yeah, and I just had like a 30 minute conversation about it before we started recording (laughs) because I am also like, I'm so close with my family and I have a huge family and like, especially with the fact that like I have a twin sister. So like her, I'm not even counting in this because her, I think of like more as a friend. So that would come, I think meeting the friends always comes earlier. Like, I feel like that's kind of like a given in my opinion, depending on like how yeah, what your friendships sure. look like and everything. So her, I count in the friends, but to me, like once I'm, once I'm in a relationship with somebody where they're my boyfriend, I'm their girlfriend. Like there's no question about that. And I'm spending a lot of time with them. I almost am like, antsy for them to meet my family like I want it to if I like them a lot like I've been in relationships where I'm like I don't really want this person to meet my family I kind of like know that it's probably not gonna last Mm -hmm. but if like the current relationship I'm in I'm like as soon as we start spending like all our time together I'm like I really wanted to meet my family for a number of reasons (laughs) first of all (laughs) because I talk about them so much that like I just feel like it's nice to like know the people that I'm talking about and like be able to put a face to the name and like understand it. Second of all, because I talk to them so much and like a lot of now like your day-to-day life when you're in a serious relationship involves the, that person. And so like it almost just like starts to feel weird to me if it's been like a few months that you've been in a relationship with them and then like the the, your family who you are really close with like hasn't met them yeah I don't think by any like it's funny because I see my family so much I've never actually thought of like a make a plan for the, like you said the meeting yes. me at brunch or whatever like I've never I haven't thought to do that like let's make a meeting the boyfriend brunch because I think that in my opinion just when the opportunity arises that there's a family yeah. scenario then like they should come like it just feels like a normal thing yeah. to me but I think like what I've learned from relationships that I've had that like it does like you said mean different things to different people and like different people are comfortable with like different things. I don't know. Like, I don't think there's a right time. I think it is the right time. Like, like you said, it's whenever it feels right to you. And I don't necessarily think if like, it feels right for one person, right. it has to immediately feel right for the other person. But I do think that there needs to be like, open communication about like what you both, what yes. your ideal timeline might be for that. I totally agree. And I think when, I don't know if this was a specific brunch planned to meet me or if it was like they were going planning yeah. a brunch and like it just ended up being the time that I was going to meet them because I was invited. But when Dan met my family for the first time, it was around Easter. So I was just going to my sister's house. Like a couple weeks after I met his family, I brought him to mine. So it was like we had different experiences where we went to like a brunch and I just for him and I just brought him home for a holiday. And then I also spend so much time with my family during the summer on weekends. So it was like if you're going to like come out to my house and spend weekends at the beach with me. I'd love for you to meet my family before then. So I wanted it to just fit seamlessly into like the plans. And I don't know if you felt this way, but maybe it was more when I was younger, but I also just wanted my family to meet Dan because I wanted them to like know who I was with and where I was. Yeah. (laughs) I felt like so weird that I was sleeping at someone's apartment and like my mom and dad don't know him. Yeah. No, I I totally, I feel the same way. It's so weird. I think, I don't know if that like ever goes away because like I'm 34. Is that just a girl thing? I wonder if guys, I feel like guys don't ever feel that way, but I I feel like kind of like guilty and weird, like sleeping at someone's sleeping at a, a man's at a boy's apartment and my mom doesn't know who they are yeah no I have that. I mean even when I went to Tulum with Sean and we traveled together I like thought oh that's kind of weird I have to tell my dad I'm going uh, I don't even think I told my dad about him that, about his existence before then because it was only what was it like two and a half months in or something and so or two months in maybe mm-hmm. and so at that point I didn't think like oh they should have met but I did have it in my mind like oh it is kind of interesting I'm going to Mexico with somebody who like my family has never met before like even my twin sister so like 
yeah, to right. me, it's just like, it just feels like, I also am just like, I kind of just, I don't care. Like I, I, if it would obviously be a shame if I introduced somebody to my family and then we broke up and I didn't want to break up with them. And it was like, but I also don't, I don't have the kind of family who would be like, whatever happened to him? Like, why did you, or like, just like yeah. kind of make me feel bad about the breakup. Like, I feel like they just right. will meet somebody. They'll be polite and nice and fun. And then that's it. They won't be like picking him apart. They won't. So like maybe people who have right. dated people whose families are like that in the past, like might be, be a little more timid. Or maybe if your family is like that, you might be a little more timid. But the moral of the story at the end of the day, I feel like the best approach is to make sure both of you are ready for the step. And then to make sure that you're prepared with the other one to meet your family and that you maybe give them some mm-hmm. tips, give them so, a little bit about your family, give them like good conversations to like maybe tell them what they're interested in like and set them up for success. Like we have some posts mm-hmm. on that too and make it something that's like yeah. gonna make them feel like more comfortable. Like if there's somebody who doesn't love like huge groups, then maybe right. you do like little one-off meetings where like they meet the parents and then they meet the siblings or like whatever it yeah. is, but it's gonna be different to navigate for every relationship. Yes, I, I love that you just said that because I was going to add it that this also like Dan I think met majority of my family at once but he was a little nervous and I spoke to my therapist about it and her recommendation was maybe it's better for like these early meetings not to be a big group I have a big family so it it could be a little intimidating for someone so developing those smaller one-on-one relationships made the bigger group setting so much more palatable because you like have already built in those relationships on an individual level it's like hard to kind of like speak to a group and we're all talking at a dinner table and then like Dan has to tell a story to like a whole table of people that he's never met it's a little different if maybe he's already had one-on-one conversations with some of them. So you already have like some familiarity. So I like that. We'll have to share all of our meet the family tips. Yeah, we definitely will. (laughs) And (laughs) tips to introduce them to your family. Like I feel like both sides of it. Okay. What's the next one? This girl said she went on three dates with a guy who really likes her and she doesn't know what to say to break it off in a nice way. Just not feeling it. Hmm. This is tough. I think I answered this one. What were you going to say? I don't, I don't think this person has, I feel like she's in the way that she asked her question, she's attaching some like guilt to letting this person down and saying like, well, he really likes me and I'm just not feeling it. Like, how do I let him down easy kind of? And I honestly think everyone just appreciates transparency. And I think the worst the worst thing to do to this person would be to carry it on longer and like feign interest because that's just unfair. So I think that even if this guy really likes you and has expressed that, I don't think that he or any mature person out there is not going to like hold a grudge or like be rude to you or be heartbroken. I feel like sure, disappointed if he really likes you and wants more dates with you, but I think would totally just appreciate the honesty. I think We're all out here dating and understand the challenges and understand that it's hard to find someone who you connect with, especially on dating apps, which we talk about a lot. So I think anyone just wants to be treated with respect and get the honesty from the other person and then the ability to just move on and find the person that's going to be the right match for them that's equally as excited as they are. 
Yeah. And honestly, three dates is a good amount of time to give it. Like, I think that this text, I mean, I go back and forth because like, obviously it might be harder to receive after three dates because you might be more into them than you were after one. But I also think that it's like almost better because it's not like, like I've sent the text before that's like after date one, like, oh, it was fun, but I really wasn't feeling a romantic vibe. My friend has gotten that a lot. And it's like, you don't even give it a chance. Like, of course, like you didn't feel a romantic vibe. We're only out for an hour. Like we only went for a walk. Like, shouldn't we try again? So like, we only went juggling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that like it's um, it'll be appreciated that A, you didn't like waste their time and go like and string it along if you knew you weren't interested. B, that you did give it like a little bit of a chance. So I think three dates is a good time to send this text. My friend actually, the same friend I'm referencing did just have to do this with somebody that she went out on three dates with and had to text him to tell him that she wasn't into it. And the advice that I gave to her and to this person who asked it on our story was that I would just say, tell them you had fun hanging out with them. I feel like you do have to say something along the lines of like, it's been fun getting to know you. I've had fun hanging out with you just because it's like why have you been on three dates if you weren't interested kind of thing so like had fun but I don't see it turning into anything more or I don't see it going any further or I'm not feeling a romantic vibe and I don't want to string you along like that I feel like just like one of those things yeah enter the phrase in there but thank you for a fun date or a fun few dates or whatever it is like I feel like you basically just like it's like the sandwich of like I I was just gonna say sorry I'm not feeling it but thank you like just that's it Yes, it's the compliment sandwich, or in this case, like the positive sandwich. Yeah. And I do think after three days, you have to be proactive to say it because I've like, you hear so many stories of it just like fizzling out or like one person just wanting to like back off, stop texting, not make plans and just hope that it fades away. And I just, I do, I would say that you should be, do the mature thing and like do the the positive breakup texts that Carly just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a good, I'm really glad somebody asked this question because I feel like we don't get as many questions like this, but this is like, your head is in the right place. You don't want to yeah. ghost and you want to say the right thing. At the end of the day, they're going to appreciate it. And they might like, yeah. they might not reply. I feel like there's a chance they don't reply, but either way, it's better that you said it than like string it along or just ghost. I sent an anti-ghost text once and the guy didn't reply and that was fine. But like, I've also seen situations where the person's like, oh my God, like totally good luck out there. I hope you find what you're looking for. Like you're all like, we're all in this together in that everyone wants to find a partner and no one wants to hold someone hostage with them who's not feeling it. Like they also want to go out and find someone who's so excited to be with them. So yes, there might be some disappointment. You might not get an answer, but a mature person will like totally be happy about just the transparency. Exactly. Okay. This one is very broad, but I love it. How do you attract the type of partner that you want? I love this question. And we have so many, I feel we've talked about this with many people on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. I feel like the simplest way, I know we'll talk about this for a while, but the simplest way is to be the partner that you would want, like have the attributes that you want. Yes. I think that's exactly, I mean, to no surprise, that's pretty much exactly what I said when I answered this question on our stories, because it's something like you said that we've talked about with so many guests, especially manifestation experts too, and relationship experts. I think that that's how I was able to attract a partner that I wanted or how I have been able to in the past. And also this is a key factor in why I wasn't able to for so long, because the things I was looking for were things that like I was didn't even embody or that I wasn't like tapping into in myself, or even that like I might've had, but I wasn't recognizing the fact that like, I already had all these things that I was like looking for. Cause you're just like always looking for something, think you don't have what you want kind of thing. So an example of it would be like, mm-hmm. if you want somebody who you can 
I mean, this is a really simple example that like, if you, you picture the relationship you want and you want it to be somebody who like you go out to dinner with once a week, start going out to dinner once a week, go out to dinner once a week by yourself, go out to dinner once a week with your friends, like start doing the things. If you're like craving this relationship and like hoping that the universe drops it in your lap, but you're not doing anything to show that you want it, then it's not like something that's like so out of your regular routine or your current life isn't just going to like pop up. But if you are like embodying Mm -hmm. that lifestyle of the things that you want to do in your relationship, then it's going to be like the universe, (laughs) not to sound like crazy, but (laughs) the universe is going to be way more likely to like introduce this to you because it's going to fit into your life. If you want somebody who's really like close with their family, like we just talked about, then like, are you, do you want it because it's missing from your life? And maybe you're not lucky, not, not you're not lucky. But maybe unfortunately you don't have <laughs> yeah. maybe unfortunately you don't have a good relationship with your family or that's you don't have a big family you don't have like and so that's why you want that that's fine like you can get you can create a big family for yourself but how else can you bring those types of relationships into your life like how can you have like the most amazing friendships and that way like it's something that you already like embody and then you can bring more of it back to you or like you want someone who loves their career like do you hate your career? Cause then you're probably not going to attract somebody who's passionate about their career because right. you're just so negative about yours. Yes. I think you should never, uh, your relationship that you're looking for shouldn't like, fill a void that you have. And it, like those examples you just said, I don't think like if you're super negative and like kind of been feeling in a rut lately and you just want a relationship with someone who's like uplifting and supportive, that seems like you're just trying, you're, you're looking for someone to kind of like solve your, or someone for you to lean on when everything else is kind of mm. not going your best. And not to say you need to be the best possible version of yourself to attract the best possible relationship. We're all works in progress, but I do think that the energy that you're putting out and the things you're excited about and the qualities that you embody, like you're going to find someone who matches you. And we always say a relationship is like a mirror in that way. And even when it gets to be more tangible, when you like do, if you do meet someone and start dating them, if you want to be respected, have boundaries for yourself where that's where some of the rules we talk about come in and like not sleeping with someone until you're ready. That's not because that's going to make someone like you. That's because you're setting up to be, respect yourself and have boundaries for yourself that make you feel comfortable, make you feel confident. And if you act in a way that you have boundaries and that you respect yourself, you're going to just naturally find a relationship with someone who matches that and gives you the things that you want. So I think advice from like, even before you meet someone of embodying the person that you want and like really highlighting all of the things you like about yourself to find someone who can match that through getting into a relationship, just positioning yourself and treating yourself with the respect and boundaries so that the, your partner will bounce that off of you and they'll start treating you in the way that you treat yourself or allow yourself to be treated. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with all of that. And put yourself out there, mm-hmm. whether you feel like you're this a hundred percent amazing version of yourself, or you still have a little work you want to do, put yourself out there, ask people to introduce you to somebody approach somebody if you think they look like somebody you would want to get to know go on dating apps like do all these things even if you feel like it's a lost cause like you're never going to meet somebody like I've definitely felt like that before and so has like everyone I know that's in a great relationship had one point where they thought this is it yeah they were never going to meet someone or like the one that got away and they were never going to meet someone like them again people always feel like that like that's always going to happen but If you don't keep putting yourself out there, then you're not, again, like nobody's just going to be dropped in your lap. Yeah. I make, well, I uh, two things I was just going to say and like make your list. I think we always say like make the list of the qualities that are wants versus needs. So take a hard look at that. Like 
I want someone who's six one and has brown hair and works in finance. Are those really needs or think about mm-hmm. what the qualities you actually truly want? Like someone who is close with their family or is passionate about their job or a hobby or like more tangible things that aren't super vague that everyone embodies them. Like I'm sure everyone in the world would say they're like a compassionate person. So think think of something that's like a little more tangible of like a quality that means something to them. But I like that you just said the one that got away because we have a question in here. Do you believe in, quote, the one that got away? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. It must have been in my (laughs) brain. Um, I do not. I, I was curious to hear your answer here because I didn't know. And I wondered if you ha- thought of someone as the one that got away. <laughs> I, I've never even thought, I've never even believed in it. Even when I was, even in the past, if I have been sad about a breakup, like I can think of a couple people that like the relationship has ended, whether I ended it or they ended it, that I've kind of at one point thought back and been like, Oh, what would have happened? Of course, what would have happened if we didn't break up or like, Oh, I wish I didn't end it too soon. Or like, or if someone broke up with me, like being like sad that they didn't want to date me. But even in those scenarios, I somehow I think was able to just like not think of them as like the one that got away because I do think that like, I never I actually didn't ever have the feeling of like, I'm not going to meet someone like them. I have had the feeling of like, Oh, I'm never going to meet the person that I want. But I've never like had that comparison to that, like they were the best it's ever going to be. And they're like the one that got away. I think everyone you date brings you closer to knowing what you want and everybody you date brings you closer to getting what you want. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't like the mentality of thinking of the one that got away. Right. But I think a lot of people would disagree. It goes against all of the, I mean, if you haven't listened to this podcast long enough to hear like our really deep manifestation or spiritual episodes, like you just mentioned before you said universe, like this is going to sound crazy, but we do subscribe to a lot of that. And I think if you believe in the one that got away, you're just like setting yourself up for not believing that the person that you should be with is out there. And on a more tangible level, this is why we both don't agree with the phrase right person, wrong time, because if it's the Mm. wrong time, it's the wrong person. And for whatever reason, the one that got away, like got away for some reason, either it wasn't the right time or like very many other issues that caused this relationship to not work out. And I mean, I'm sure there's like situations or maybe these are just movie relationships where like it's the perfect relationship and then someone's like shipped off to war. Like maybe you would think that's the somewhat like a relationship or that like they died. never got to run its <laughs> course. <not> <laughs> A relationship that never got to run its course, which I think I believe in that. I'm sure there's many relationships that could have been great, but the circumstances didn't line up and you weren't able to see a relationship through. But there were reasons for all of that. And there's reasons that you'll find the relationship that is right for you. Yeah, actually, I would like love the way that you phrase that because I do actually believe in that. I believe that there are probably a lot of relationships that I've had, that you've had, that people have had that could have probably had a much different course or ran their course for longer in order for you to like see it play out a little bit more. And maybe it would have like helped you to see that happen. But even that being said, I don't believe that there is like the one that got away because I don't think I believe in like the The one. one. Right. Yeah. So I think that there are many people that will be great for you. And I think that the person you end up with is the person that is the best person for you to end up with. Like, I really yes. do like, fully believe that. So anyone that it didn't work out with, I think there is a reason it's because either it's because you're going to meet somebody else if that's what you want. Yeah. Similar to how I struggled so hard in college to pick a major. Yeah. And I always think about what would my life look like if I was a therapist? What would my life have looked like if I did this? Like, 
unfortunately in life, I mean, you, you could pick as many careers as you want and make lots of changes. No one is stopping you there, but except for a society that makes you pick a college major when you're 18. <laughs> I, I do think that you kind of get, you get one life to like play out all these scenarios. And for many people, especially if you believe in marriage and staying with one person and you don't plan on getting divorced, you're choosing one person to do that with. And it's tough because there's count. I believe, I don't believe in the one. I believe if I went to school to be a therapist, I would have been a great therapist, but I didn't do that. And I probably, if I didn't meet Dan and I went out with someone else I probably would have been able to have a relationship that also made me equally as happy. So I just think there's so many different routes that you can take in life for so many different things. And it's just find the one that feels like you're on the path you're supposed to be. And that is the path you're supposed to be on. It could drive you crazy to replay or to think about how every little path would play out. And I've definitely gone down that road and some, especially the reference you made to work, like I've definitely done that before. Mm -hmm. But I do think that what is meant to be will be. And you can always change. Like if I really wanted to be a therapist right now, I could be. And on the job, you know, front, yes. you're in a relationship. I don't think you should go yes. back to your ex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you're in a relationship that's not making you feel right, like you don't have to see that path through. Do you think that you're anybody's one that got away? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't believe in it, but I think I am it. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. For some reason, I think that I, this would be an interesting poll to do, but I do think that probably more men than women think that they have a one that got away. Oh, probably. I think so right? too. I was thinking yeah, about could, that as well. I just like couldn't put my finger on why. Yeah. But, and I, maybe when people like cheat and do something like they're the reason that you're not together. Like those people probably believe in the one that got away because yeah. you're the one that did the wrong thing and that's why I went away. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> well, I feel like we could end it on that one. I love these solo episodes. Me too. They're so fun. We're not – yeah, we're doing solo. I keep like starting every episode saying like another solo, but it's not <laughs> like the outlier anymore. We're actually doing way more solos and I think we're going to try to do one once every other week just because we love them. We get so many – we do a Q&A every week and we get so many that we want to actually talk about and dive into with each other rather than just write our answers on our story. Yeah. So – It's not just another solo. It's just our new solo episodes that are coming out more. (laughs) Exactly. And I do feel like in, it was starting like when we would be recording our intros each week, I was starting to like, they were starting to be longer and longer because we were having more to talk about. So it's just good to sprinkle these in and we can do a deeper dive. So hopefully you guys like it. We love getting feedback on our solo episodes and on all the topics that you want us to talk about. So feel free, like I said, to DM us, put it in the question box every Thursday or send us an email. We have a contact on our Instagram profile. Yes. But hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening.